Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight, and we start the whole fucking thing off. Help me, anything move, we knock out. Let's go. Don't play intramurals, brother. But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? talking about practice man what are we talking about practice what's going on people all right want to welcome all of you to another week of the um very another edition rather of the very unsportsmanlike podcast my name is quincy and this is my podcast and you know on this podcast we discuss Mainly the NFL, but we hit other sports as well. We both, we all like boxing, you know, a little basketball, things of that nature. So we do what we can. But uh, first of all, I want to shout out a few people. I want to send a shout out to the city of Boardman, Oregon, and my listeners there. I noticed Oregon's jumping on the bandwagon with the Very Unsportsmanlike podcast. Uh, Shout out to Westminster, Maryland, and my listeners there. I even saw Russia and Ireland in my stats. So shout out to you, you all overseas who are getting on board with the very unsportsmanlike con, uh, podcast where we talk sports, but, you know, kind of in a different way. So let me bring on my people and bring on Ray in New Jersey, Eminem in Mississippi, and the homie Buck in Florida. What's going on, folks? Hey, what's hey, up, what yo? You what's up, cuz? What's up, Buck? Hey, cuz. What's up? All right. First of all, have you all seen the spring football? It's on Fox Sports and one. It comes on every Tuesday. And um, you might recognize some of the people who are playing. You know, they're kind of like some old guys that may have made it to the NFL and didn't stick or some good college players. But um, they play some pretty good football, man. I've been enjoying watching it every Tuesday. Y'all seen it yet? No, no I ain't seen it. No, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know it. And said, what, Ray? They playing with pads? Yeah, yeah. This is just like NFL football, essentially, but it's on a Tuesday. And um, it's actually – it's been some pretty good football. I mean, I've I've seen two games, and both games were, you know, really good. And I'm not saying that all these guys can go pro or anything like that, but, I mean, it's just good quality football to watch if you ain't got nothing to do on a Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night. So if you get a chance on Fox Sports 1, flip on over. And like I said, you might recognize some of the guys because I think the teams are kind of regional. Um, the teams aren't based out of any city. They just have, like, names like the Aviators, the Conquerors, and stuff like that. But I don't think they represent any city or anything. And it's, I want to say it's six teams so far. They were supposed to play in the spring. 
Um, but, you know, COVID ruined that. So the spring football league is actually being played in the fall. But, I mean, I kind of like it. So, but, all right, we'll go ahead and get started. Episode 13, NBA starts free agency on the 20th. So 10 days, the free agency starts. And I can't remember when the draft starts. Isn't the draft in like two weeks? I believe so. Okay, so yeah, you got the draft coming around and everything. But first, let me go with let me start with um this Clemson Notre Dame game that happened Saturday. One of the double overtime, Notre Dame was able to outlast Clemson, who didn't have Trevor Lawrence. And I, I guess my thing is, I mean, without Trevor Lawrence, yeah, I mean that can make a difference. But then again, Trevor Lawrence doesn't play defense, and that seemed to be the problem that Clemson had. But, Ray, I'll start with you, man. Have you seen Notre Dame play this year, and do you think they're for real? Or is this the same Notre Dame that does well in the regular season and will probably get destroyed in the playoffs? I mean, they're they're a good football team, but, I mean, Clemson definitely, you know, didn't play his best game. But I I caught the tail end of going to overtime. And the quarterback that's behind Trevor Lawrence, oh yeah, he 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 that guy too. So they, when the Clemson scored, that's what I was getting ready to, to to lay down. I thought it was over, but you know it's like twelve something at night, so uh, you know I'd be up four thirty, so I didn't even see it. I woke up in the morning time, and you know they say Notre Dame won the game, but you know for as long as you can remember, you know, they'll they win some games and they get a lot of hype because of who they are as a school, but usually somewhere they fall short. You know, you think about all the years we've seen Notre Dame, how many national championships have they won? Maybe two or something like that, maybe, that I can really remember. But, you know, hey, you can't take nothing away from them. A lot of stuff is not going to be right because of the uh, the pandemic. You know, that's why LSU and all these schools is kind of out of it, you know. But, um, you know, they they, they play solid. But you know, right. I don't think by long shot they think they're a better team. Yeah, I don't think so either. And Eminem, did you see what happened after the game when all the students rushed the field? I mean, there were like. I don't know how many people. I mean, I, I would guess over a thousand, you know, probably a few thousand people that may have gotten on the field after the game. And I mean, with all the COVID stuff, I mean, shouldn't have been something to prevent against that. <laughs> but not only that, man, uh, I'm surprised that many people was there because, you know, with the space and this stuff, you, you never know. But then when they start hitting the field, I'm like, damn, where are these people coming from? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just um, it caught me off guard, man. I wasn't expecting all those folks to rush the field and it not be a problem because it. I I just thought it'd be like enough security or that's something they would have. But they, they weren't the, even the trying to stop. No, they weren't. They weren't. They were getting out the way. They just let them come. Right, and then the thing about it is like, okay, yeah, you beat the defending national champion. Well, no, no, no. Uh, the previous couple years national champion but like Notre Dame is a school that's always in big bowl games and stuff why y'all rushing the field like you just won the Rose Bowl or something I, I was just like 
damn, I, I was kind of caught off guard. Now, if that had been like, uh, okay, if that had been like uh, Ole Miss or something, I can see it because that would be like, damn, nobody's expecting it. But, uh, you know, Notre Dame, you know, it's kind of like the cliche, you know, they supposed to act like they've been there before. You know, they rushing the field for the beating Clemson in the regular season. And they in the ACC, too. Not like the ACC championship game. So I'm like, damn. You know, because once Trevor Lawrence get back, it's all weird anyway. <laughs> yeah, it kind of surprised me. And COVID, of course, has been the, the story across football um, all together. And, I mean, Bama and LSU has been postponed. Texas A&M and Tennessee has been postponed. They had 15 NFL players test positive last week, which is the most they've had in any um, given time period, I believe, week or time period. And, and Buck, um, the Steelers got caught up in that, too, as far as um, the COVID. Um, I heard Big Ben uh, was put up, was quarantined for cautionary reasons. Yeah, uh, he was um, done for cautionary reasons. I, I have no doubt that he'll be playing this weekend. Um and probably two or three other of those players. Uh, the only one that, that I don't think will be playing this weekend will probably be Vance McDonald. But um, you know, it's just part. You know, it's just part of it. I mean, we've been dealing with this COVID thing ever since football season started. Attrition is a part of the game, and you know, we knew that this would that probably happen. So we just have this next man up mentality and keep rolling. That's about all they can do. And my thing is, and Ray, I'll go back to you, man. As far as the college games go, if you have enough players to have a game, shouldn't you just quarantine whoever's sick and let the rest of the team play rather than just postpone it? Because some of these teams have over 100 players, and it's like three people get sick and they shut the whole thing down. Nah, man, they I, they can't really do it like that because, I mean, college – I think the player leans harder than the pros unless it's a quarterback. But, um, you know, if you take, you know, the quarterback out and see Clemson probably played because Trevor Lawrence, if, you know, they got another guy behind him, he probably going to be a top pick when his turn comes or something like that. And they almost won without their best player. So, you know, imagine Alabama playing without their best players. They don't want to do that. And of course, they got all four and five star recruits to get that's on the team. But the coach, how he, how they make their money, like saving and all them, they can't take the bills. You know, Debo Sample, uh, Debo, Debo, uh, uh, I can't get the coach name now, Clemson, but he he rolled the dice and he lost. Dabo, now, Dabo swing, yeah, yeah Dabo swing. He he rolled the dice, he lost. Now. He can't take no two, three, four losses. You can't do that, Clemson. Then like Alabama, you can't do that over there. Being these guys got names, they can probably do it for two years or so. But after that, the alumni are going to be looking to replace them. So a lot of teams don't want to lose a, a record, you know, kind of like when Floyd was boxing. He didn't want to lose that oath. So, yeah, I can understand why they were postponed without the best players. Man, that must be nice. I, I, I wish that um in the NFL you can be like, yeah, I don't want to play this weekend. So uh, we're going to let these two guys uh, that have COVID allow us to postpone the game or something. 
But um, I feel what you're saying, though. They definitely don't want to take any L's. But I'm like, if you can feel the team, I feel like you need to play. I mean, that's why you have a team. And it's just like an injury, you know. If somebody get COVID, to me, it's no different than a sprained ankle. You just can't play. But um, they, they shut that thing down, man. They don't let those guys play at all. And so the NFL said that it will expand – the playoffs by two more teams if they have to um, cancel any games due to the coronavirus. So right now the NFL is still going strong, but if they had to cancel games, then it could be a couple of extra teams in the playoffs because of it. And we'll have 16 instead of 14. And they also have an incentive to reward teams with a draft pick, two third round picks, if they develop coaches and executives of color. Teams that develop a minority assistant or executive who are hired for an open head coach or general manager position with another team will be awarded the picks at the end of the third round. And Eminem, what do you think about that, man? Well, I mean, I, I like the effort to, you know, try to, you know, expand and uh, opportunities for people. But, but I really, I, I'm not, like adding um, picks and stuff like that. Uh, nah, any, anything to interfere with the game, I'm not really on that tip like that. I'm saying, like, if you want to give an incentive, you could be like, well, you know, you can get, uh, you know, uh, a, a bonus money or something like that, but, uh, um, uh, you know, some kind of commercial incentives or something like that. But as far as the actual something that, you know, touches the field, which – which essentially that would be with a uh, with a draft pick. Like I say, the effort is great, but uh, I I just think that um, anything that involves the game, because you don't want it to be a situation where you you're doing something good, you're doing something that's actually needed, but you don't want to do it where it, it would cause some type of resentment. You want just to be a, a, a just a natural process, you know. Um, have more interns. Um, shit like that will make a more, you know, I mean, you, you know, it, it, you could do a lot of things without actually touching or, uh, or adding a draft or something like that. And, Buck, how do you feel about it, man? Because I'll be honest with you, if I knew I can get third-round picks based on developing uh, people of color, my whole staff going to be black. Well, I mean, I think it's a good idea simply because – Something, you know, they, at least the NFL is recognizing where they need, you know, this is a good incentive to try to, you know, get teams more involved. I mean, we can, we can look at the teams around the league and we see the ones that really getting a lot of, you know, black interns. Um, I would say the Patriots, that they, you know, Raheem Morris and uh, something the Miami coach down, down at Miami. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure about Raheem Morris. I don't know if he was ever on their staff, but definitely the coach down in Miami um, got a shot. Um, I know the Steelers have done a lot of. Uh, I know Larry Foote is now. You know, he was on our you know, in the intern program, and now he's coaching down in Tampa Bay. And you know, Bruce Arians got a lot of former Steelers coaches and players down there. Um, Byron Leftwich. You know, he was he was helping us out for a little while after he, you know, retired from play. And now he's down there on the staff, down there as an offensive coordinator down there for 
Bruce Arians. So we know Bruce Arians has put even females in the uh, in the program. So we know which coaches, which teams really kind of do what, you know, do their due diligence to try to get people of color, you know, in, you know, in the NFL. And um, to get a third round draft pick, I think it's, that's a good incentive. All right. Well, let's move on to the games, fellas. Who stood out for you in week, uh, what is this, week, what was this, week nine, week eight? Who stood out for you for the right reasons and who stood out for the wrong reasons? And you can't pick someone that's on your favorite team. And, Ray, I'll start with you, man. Which two players who weren't Raiders stood out for the right reason or the wrong reason this past week? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to start with the right reason. I'm going to say uh, Josh Allen, man. Josh Allen really played big for uh, Buffalo, got him to win. You know, and um, I think he's developing into the best quarterback in that draft. I mean, I'm saying Lamar Jackson was in that draft, but, man, Lamar Jackson looked more like he was in his first year than he was last year. You know, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if it's, you know, it's the pandemic or, you know, what the deal is, but he's just not doing it like he was last year. But Josh Allen, he really stood out, man. I think Buffalo can really go somewhere. They, they're on the right track. You got Stephon Diggs, even Cole Beasley. Beasley playing bigger for them than he ever played for y'all. I mean, and uh, the Buffalo just looks good. Got good defense. But um, for the wrong reason, the obvious, Tom Brady. I mean, that's the worst game probably I ever seen Tom Brady play. I mean, I still don't know how that happened. So, you know, I don't know. And, I mean, it's been two, maybe three games this year where you got to kind of squint your eyes and say, I don't know, if Brady plays like that, Tampa Bay ain't going no further than they did with Jameis Winston. Now, he had other games he show up, and everywhere he throw the ball, it ain't hitting the ground because he got all the guys around him. But – I don't think he's utilizing guys the way he needs to. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, when the team gets spanked the way the reading them got spanked, can they really play another game and beat that team to beat them like that? They may show up better, but can they really beat that team? I don't know about that. So those are two guys, Josh Allen and I'm taking Tom Brady. All right. Well, you took my two. Those are the two I had. But what about you, man? I'm going with those New York football. Li- oh, they're not the Littles anymore. I must call them the Giants. The Giants showed up for for once. I mean, they've been they actually been showing up the last couple of weeks in games, but kind of getting getting the raw deal at the end of the games with the refs kind of screwing them out of a couple of calls. But you can't let the refs the refs be a part of the uh, the equation because we know they suck. So, but this week, they, they really kind of put a complete game together. I know this is a division opponent, you know, and it really, you know, the records are really porous in the NFC East. But the Giants are the only team that won in the NFC East. So, you know, for standing out, I'm going to just call just the team in general, the New York Giants, they just really look, look you know, they look like a complete team, at least 
in one game, you know, and they're, you know, everybody in that division is running for the division title. You, we all know it's going to be a, probably about six and 10, but um, at least they played well this week. Um, who stood out for the wrong reason, um, which is really uncharacteristic. Russell Wilson, I mean, he threw a lot of interceptions, three interceptions in this game, and it was just really, but you know, hats off to Buffalo. Buffalo really kind of, I know the game was close, only three points or whatever, or two points or whatever it was, but the Giants, I mean, the uh, Seattle just did not look, they looked off. They looked like they were sleepwalking out there a little bit. I know, but, but not, not taking anything away from Buffalo, but Seattle usually plays a better game than what they played in th- this week. So those are my two. All right. And uh, now they won by 10 points. Seattle won 44-34. And uh, Eminem, what about you, man? Who stood out for you and who stood out for the right reasons and the wrong reasons who wasn't a, an eagle? Well, I guess the okay. eagle didn't play, but. Oh. <laughs> uh... I thought the wrong reason first, man. Uh, and they're going to have to get it together. They plan to to be – I know a couple of y'all have predicted uh, Seattle going to the Super Bowl, but if they defense don't start uh, playing no better, you know, they uh, – the, 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 I don't know what's going on with Seattle's defense, but all year they've really been uh, – they they really been getting exposed, but Russell's uh, been doing so well. You know, of course uh, – Sunday, you know, was, you know, everybody gonna have an off game sometime, but it was getting a lot of pressure on him and causing him to force things. But uh, primarily, it was because the, you know, the the defense kept putting them in like we gotta outscore everybody. And uh, Seattle's just not one of them teams that's set up to have success, just trying to outscore everybody every damn drive. I mean, it worked for the 2000 Rams, but you know, but they not just they not really set up like that. But now, who stood out for the right reason? Man, uh, Kyler Murray, man, that joker, uh, it was a losing effort, but you know, uh, uh, you know, one good call, the game probably been different. Now, Tua Tonka Taloa, he did good too, but uh, man, that was some, uh, some good throwing and running. I think he had like over 100 yards rushing, so I was like, shit, you know, uh, so I, I think he's uh, he's really uh, starting to jail. Uh, with the system they got for him, the players are gravitating to his playing style. You know, he's a small dude. And uh, a lot of times, you know, with that statue like that, you know, a lot of times people won't cater to you too much. But uh, whatever's been put together for him is really working good. And uh, it looks like he's going to have a future in the NFL. It's not like a, you know, like a one-time fluke. So, and he, he hard to bring down too. So, uh, I was impressed by his, uh, his performance, even even though they lost. Okay. And so, Ray, what about the Raiders? Who stood out for you this week um, and who didn't? I mean, the Ra- Raiders moved to five and three. They beat the two and six Chargers, 31-26, uh, what came down to the last play of the game. And, um, I mean, you all let the Chargers – kind of move up and down the field on you, but they weren't able to get the points. Yeah, I mean, who stood out? I'm going to probably say uh, Derek Carr stood out. I mean, 
he uh, kept the team together because we having a rough time with our offensive line. We down three starters. You know, we got left tackle, our right tackle, and we have our uh, left guards out. So Richie Incognito, uh, Colton Miller, and uh, Trent Brown is all out. So to run and be able to do what we able to do without our three linemen, one of which is a pro bowler, is 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 really amazing. But I I like what Devin Booker did. He uh was running back out of Utah maybe five years ago, and uh he came from uh Denver, but he's he's really running tough when he come in as the second ball carrier. So he did really well for us as far as uh. Our defense goals, of course, Jonathan Abram did his thing, you know. A lot of times they bring him off the edge just to uh, rush the quarterback, you know, hard hits, hard tackles. So he really sets the tone back there like he's supposed to. If he stay healthy and uh, he's going to be uh, up there with one of the Greeks, he hitting like Ronnie Lockman out there. So... If I had to take it, I'd say Derek Carr on offense, and I probably would say, you know, Jonathan Abram on defense. All right. Well, Jonathan Abram, I just hope he stays healthy, man, because he he don't care anything about his body when he makes tackles. He don't care yeah. anything about it. Yeah, that's dangerous nowadays. Yeah. And but what about you? Who stood out for you with the Steelers, and who um, needs to step it up a little bit? Steelers moved to eight and zero, twenty four nineteen victory over the two and seven Cowboys. Well, I mean, who stood out? Big Ben. I mean, because I know we got off to a slow start, but I'm gonna just say Big Ben and the coaching staff because in years past, our coaching staff seems like they don't make the necessary adjustments in game. And that takes a good coaching staff. That takes not only your head coach, but also the assistant coaches, as well as the position coaches. And this year, we've been in some games that we really should have blown out, but we've been able to make adjustments at halftime and during in and in game, which is important. So Big Ben, I know he got injured during the game and he would, you know, he had to go into the locker room early. But he came back out second half, and the offense was clicking. Um, we were doing the things that we needed to do to get downfield, and Dallas couldn't do anything with us. Um, it was a good good second half for us. We do need to get off to better starts. Or if we do get off to a good start, we need to have good finishes. So we still need to work on a you know, the, the complete, complete game, even though we have one against the Browns, but that's a division opponent. But as far as who needs to step up, Two people on that side, too. James Conner, the last couple of weeks, his rushing numbers have been going down. Um, now, I know we did, when Derek Carr has been out. I mean, not Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Watts has been out so, with injury. So, I know that's a little bit of it. But Conner should do a better job. I mean, he's, you know, he can do a better job of getting getting through the line. He runs really up high. He needs to get his shoulders square at the line of scrimmage. And just, you know, he's trying to do that Le'Veon Bell stuff. And he's not built like that. You know, he's a power runner, so you got to get your shoulders square and just, you know, knock some people off the ball. He's going to have to start doing that. Um, 
And also, our, our special teams were just uncharacteristically off in Dallas. Not sure what that was about. We got one punt block, um, I mean, one field goal block, and he was missing extra points, which kind of, you know, helped Dallas' cause. But those are some things that we can, we need to clean up. So, All right. And, well, you know, I, uh, my two people come from this game, too. And as far as who I thought stood out pretty well, uh, rookie defensive lineman Neville Gall- Gall- Gallimore. Um, Gallimore was disruptive from um, the times he was in the game. And he had a tackle for loss. He had a quarterback hit. He got some pressure on the quarterback. He's a D tackle out of Oklahoma. And so it was nice to see him play well. Randy Gregory had a good game also getting a lot of pressure um, in the backfield. And so letting go of Don Terry Poe and Everson Griffith got us younger and faster. And they actually seemed like they were kind of hungry. And um, the person that I was disappointed in, and I mean, it really ain't his fault. I mean, he's on the bench for a reason. Trayvon Diggs uh, broke a bone in his foot, and so he couldn't play um, a lot in the second half, and he's going to be out for four to six weeks. But they brought in um, Savion Smith, and Big Ben looked over there like, okay, who is that? You know, <laughs> like Big Ben that just was, was kind of surprised. Like he didn't even know who that dude was, and so he just threw the ball over there and um, picked on him in the second half and – Man, that that really hurt us not having uh, not having Diggs in there. So when Diggs went out, then all of a sudden uh, Steelers moved the ball a lot. But let me ask you all this, and this is for whoever wants to respond. Y'all know I ain't no typical Dallas fan. I ain't the type of guy that think they're going to Super Bowl every year and all that stuff. But did Dallas lose that game or did Pittsburgh win it? Well. I think I Pittsburgh think won it. Go ahead, Ray. Because, uh, yeah, because, you know, Pittsburgh, because they had a slow, slow start. But, see, the thing we got to realize is some guys can't be lights out for 15 weeks in a row. They're going to have to have a bad start, a bad game or somewhere. Anyway, I think that when all the deaths settled, Big Ben took them down the field, did what he had to do, and – uh. That was it. I mean, time, time, I don't know at what point, the 40-yard line, the 30, did you say, okay, they're going to go ahead and, and win this thing? And I really had no doubt when they were driving. So I think that uh, Pittsburgh won it. I mean, Dallas had the game, you know, pretty much the whole game, but you're not supposed to be winning. So the team that was supposed to win actually did. So I don't want to say they, they lost it. I don't think so anyway. All right, what do you say, Buck? <clears throat> well, I mean, Dallas had had us on the ropes, and they were—I mean—they were playing some inspired football. Um, they were probably—I think they were just probably upset because there was a lot of Steeler fans there at the game, which was kind of un- well. That happens all the time when we go out of town, but. Um, it was just really Dallas. Dallas had us on the ropes, and they were really, they really came in there and played inspired football, um, they, you know. But really, I don't know. I guess the Steelers won the game, but 
the refs didn't really call that game good. I mean, it was like let them guys play. They didn't hardly call anything worth anything during the whole game. It was one. It was a really, at least the first half was extremely brutal. Um, the Dallas was laying the lumber to us, man. They were really getting it done. And uh, but like I said, the the adjustments made in game and at halftime. Which is something we just hadn't seen in a in a Mike Tomlin. We did see it a little bit when he first started, but it's been a few years since we've seen the adjustments being made in game like we're doing now. I mean, we're able to we finally got the right right assistance to actually you know make the changes that we need to make, and it's really paying off big dividends this year. And Eminem, did you see the game? What you think? Well, yeah, I saw the game. Uh... The, what what I was focused in on more than anything, I was just like, damn, I'm glad y'all didn't have this quarterback the whole time. Um, I I think he's, you know, I think he did a, a, a heck of a job considering, you know. Um, and I think that's what kind of threw Pittsburgh off a little bit. Uh, I can't remember the damn other quarterback with the Italian last name. Um, Danucci. Yeah, Danucci. But, you know, it's just like after seeing Danucci, it's just like, shit, man, hell, you know, this this going to be a laugh for like, you know, 60 to nothing or something. But uh, but the quarterback, I can't think of his name. What is Lumpkin or something? What is that? What, what's the quarterback name, Q? One y'all here playing Sunday. Garrett Gilbert. Gilbert, Gilbert. He, he looked like he um, was uh, – working within the offense well. And it looked like uh, the players were responding to him. Uh, I know one play, I know C.D. Lamb had a touchdown, but it was another play that C.D. screwed up. I can't remember what part of the game it was, but the quarterback, for the most part, I mean, um, it just looked like if y'all would have had about three Uh oh, we lost him, and then we had three what? Okay. If y'all had about three weeks, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, if y'all had about three weeks of him playing coming into this game, I think the outcome would have been different. But, you know, assuming Pittsburgh played the exact same way, I put it that way. Okay. Well, I feel like Dallas lost this game. And the reason I feel like they lost it more than Pittsburgh won it is because um, the stupid penalties Dallas got late in the game that kept Pittsburgh alive. All right. Now, first of all, I, I, if I recall correctly, I texted you all in the third quarter when Mike McCarthy didn't go for that fourth and inches to try to put the Steelers away. And I said Dallas was going to yeah. lose or whatever. Yeah, I got um, yeah. yeah. You got to put a team like the Steelers away when you're in that situation you know if you don't get it and so what you're not supposed to win anyway but I, I think he was playing with house money and he got conservative and when you play not to lose you usually lose but aside from that the the, the stupid penalty that Jalen Smith got on the um the illegal contact downfield and a lot of folks were saying that well the only reason the referee threw the flag is because Juju Smith failed you know, if he wouldn't have fallen, they may not throw him for that. But the rule says if you touch him more than five yards down the field, you know, in a P progress, then it's a legal contact. And he was seven yards down. It was a legal contact. 
the penalty that um, he got rushing Big Ben when he slapped Big Ben in the face. You ain't got to slap him and knock his helmet off for it to be a penalty. If you hit the man in the face, it's a penalty. He came in there. He was a little out of control. I understand his effort. But um, that kept the drive alive because the Steelers would have had to have punted, and we could have run more time off the clock. And then Leighton Van Der Esch lost his mind when the guy was grabbing his face mask and he tried to swipe the guy's hand away. And, it, I mean, in real time, it looked like he was throwing a punch at the guy. And you just can't respond that way in that situation. Gave the Steelers 15 yards and a first down. And so I thought we really just made it easy for them to, to come back in. I mean, don't get me wrong. They still had to drive down the field and win. But, I mean, but when you're giving them – First downs, I mean, just on, you know, on one drive, you're giving them like 25 yards and two first downs. I, I mean, I guess an undefeated team, you're not going to win like that. And so I really think Dallas blew this opportunity. Yeah, if they play 99 more times, the Steelers would probably win all 99. <laughs> but you had a chance to, you know, do better and move up in the division, get some positive going into the bye week and beat an undefeated team. And you blew it, you know. You gave them an opportunity to get back in the game, and that's what good teams do. They take advantage of opportunities, and that's what the Steelers did. Now, as far as the Steelers going forward, I mean, I don't, I haven't really looked at their schedule. I know they have a pretty tough schedule. I'm actually pulling for them to run the table simply because of Mike Tomlin, and I like Mike Tomlin. Um, as much as I've criticized him over the last three years or whatever. It's not because I didn't like him. I just wanted him to do better. And right now, the, the Steelers are doing their thing, and I, I ain't mad at him. So, you know, props to Mike Tomlin for what he's done. But, all right, so as far as some of the other games that happened, anybody got any comments on Green Bay and San Francisco? Green Bay look like they bounce back easily, but San Francisco has so many injuries. I mean, do they need to go ahead and just – play some young players and wrap it up, or do you still think they have a chance out in that NFC West? That's for whoever wants to respond. Well, I'm going to respond to this, and this has a lot to do with that NFC West and the NFC South. When the Saints destroyed Tampa Bay the other night, that pretty much put them out of the playoffs. You're going to have three teams coming out of the NFC West. Um, I mean, the 49ers still have a lot to play for. Um there could be three teams coming out of that division. So with that being said, um, I should, you know, keep going. I mean, they're doing an outstanding job with all the injuries they got. They got, you know, they got triage set up on sideline, waiting for players to come out injured. And um, they're doing the best that they can with what they have. Um, with Seattle kind of falling off the wagon there against Buffalo, even though Buffalo put up a really good fight um, and beat them. Um, that kind of brought them, kind of brought Seattle back in the fray a little bit. Um, so the Seattle defense is not as good as we think it is. So, you know, Green Bay typically don't lose games back to back. And Aaron Rodgers is, is a 49, was a 49er fan. So he makes it a point, since they didn't draft him, to beat the brakes off the 49 regardless who's on the fo football field. Because that was his team and that's who he wanted to play for. So... We kind of knew Aaron Rodgers was going to get off playing against the 49ers. I mean, that's just a gift. Um, so, but, you know, the Saints showed what they needed to show uh, on Sunday night. And uh, like I said, 
I think that put pretty much put Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of the playoffs this early because you got to have uh, division wins and nah, they still six and win. three. They still six um, and three, but I mean, but they still got the second. Um, well, what they got the first wild card spot right now and everything. Yeah, so you look at you look you're looking at three teams possibly coming out that, that NFC West. So. That's gonna make things tight. One more loss. Well, if you're slipping, it's really gonna be slippery for this. Really gonna be close for them to make. I mean, even if even if you get three teams out out the west, um, I mean, shoot, Tampa Bay could still get the last spot because everybody else sucks. The only the only person that only the other team that can catch Tampa Bay right now is Chicago. We know Chicago ain't gonna keep it together. And it's almost like I think Tampa Bay might get in by default. <laughs> but um, all right. So speaking of the NFC South, Ray Atlanta seems to be kind of turning it around a little bit. I mean, they're three and six, so I mean they still got a long way to go. But they're starting to put it together. They they always seem to let teams get back in it, but they were able to hold off Denver um, this past Sunday. Yeah, I mean, see, Atlanta was a was a was a pretty good team. I think they just saw that they coach they had to let go. Man, I mean, I think he's a good coach, but he's uh better suited to be a coordinator or something. And uh, I think they just kind of gave up on him. But I think Raheem Morris got him pointed in the right direction and. You know, when the guys lose, see, when a team lose, you got to say, well, how did they lose? Atlanta was giving games away and making dumb mistakes at the end like they did a few years back in the Super Bowl. But they was always in the game or beating the team that they let come back on them and stuff like that. You can fix that if you get some better leadership, which they did when they let Queen go in and put Morris in there. Um. I think Atlanta can, can, can turn around because Atlanta definitely has talent. The wide receivers, they just about as good as anybody. And, you know, Matty Ice is looked at differently because he lost the Super Bowl. But if you look at his whole career, he had 50, what, 53,000 yards or something like that. He got there faster than anybody in NFL history. He has an MVP on his belt. I mean, but by losing the Super Bowl, throwing away a lot of games since the Super Bowl, he probably lost 12 or 14 games that he should have won and let the other team come back on him. So he's looked at – he's a great quarterback that's going to be looked at kind of like Phillip Rivers is. So, you know, they could definitely pull it together. It just depends on, you know, if Raheem Morris can keep it going. But I think they, they're a good football team. They just need to – Finish games, and right now they finish them. All right. And Eminem, the Washington football team, got taken down a peg, and the Giants moved to two and seven and got the victory over them. Or you can be surprised to see the Giants finally um, finish a game off. I uh, actually I was uh, because uh, the Giants basically was like the suck-ass team playing uh, the way Atlanta was, you know, where even even when they start out good, it seemed like they find a way not to finish a game or 
or, or, or just blow it, you know, kind of like uh, kind of like that Charlie Brown moment they had against us when uh, Jones had the <laughs> the wide open touchdown and that that uh that invisible man grabbed his damn ass and you know they so that's that's kind of been like they season so it seems like they starting to kind of get the monkey off their back. Um, uh, uh, Jones is protecting the ball a little bit better. That was another problem they had because I think he's kind of like uh. I can't remember what quarterback that was early in his career. I don't know if that was Eli. It was it was somebody that uh kind of started off real bad like that. Um, so I I think that's that's starting to help the Giants out. Um, you know they had a lot of injuries, but they did get the um what's that receiver they got uh dang I can't can't call his name. Uh, Who receiver uh, for the, Giants, the uh, main receiver? Darius Slayton. Uh, Slayton, yeah. Yeah, they uh, uh, you know, got him back, I think, and somebody else came back, and uh, and uh, I don't know if, yeah, yeah, he played Sunday too, I think. Uh, Devontae, uh, damn, I'm having a moment here. What's Devontae last night? Running back, Freeman, Freeman. Oh, De- Devontae. Right. Premium. Yeah, you having yeah. some senior moments over here, Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get trying to get used to this new system, man. I got a, uh, I got these headphones on. It's putting an echo in my own ear when I'm talking to it, you know. But uh, but uh, like I say, uh, with with that game, you know, I could give a damn by either one of them. But at the same time, I, I still was surprised that the Giants pulled it out. Uh, the Washington, they, you know, man, uh, with the with the injuries and then, you know, having Alex Smith even just be able to just return the football considering how bad his stuff was. I don't know if y'all saw that uh that feature they did on uh I think that was either on HBR or NFL network where they kinda did like a a thing just on him. Might have been thirty for thirty, but I got to see his injury yeah. up close. It was horrible, man. It's like his leg damn near right it off. And normally yeah. if uh if if you know if you escape amputation, you damn sure ain't finna ever play some kind of sport again. So like I say, man, that dude, you know, he worked his ass off to just even be able to even you know even think about uh, any kind of sport, but especially football. So I just wanted to throw that out there, you know. And uh, but I, I think it's over hey, with for the young quarterback, Hank Baskin. I think it's over with him. I tell you something else too. Somebody else had a, a similar injury this weekend, and I think it may have been the Washington yeah, quarterback. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, Cal yeah it was very Cal Allen. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see it, but y'all talked about it. Yeah, you I know what you sure put it out there. See. I, I it was worse it. than that. It was bad. I, I know. I, I was watching it, and um, the next thing you know, his 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 right foot was on his left leg, and that's never good. Damn. And so it was um what happened is he got leg whipped and the dude leg whipped him right in the shin and it just so I could just broke it right into it. it just just snapped. Damn, so it was just dangling, huh? Yeah, yeah. I don't think um it didn't I think the injury was just as bad as Dak. It looked a little different because it didn't just flop, you know, like Dax did, because the position he was in when he kind of grabbed his leg. But you, when when he got kicked, man, his 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 leg looked like a parenthesis. It was it was bad. 
It was bad. Yeah. Yeah, so, it gave me nightmares. I still remember Anthony Munoz and uh getting messed up uh when he was with uh Cincinnati. I was like, it's cause he was a big guy. But uh seeing his leg and knee go out like that, it's like damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so and it, then, it's and then for Alex Smith to come in and man and play like he did after seeing Cal Allen. You like damn? You think he'll start having a few flashbacks? That's why I give right. Smith all the credit in the world, man, because he, he could almost die. They said, and then you did made you made two hundred million dollars on the field, so you ain't got no reason to go back out there. You know what I'm saying? They still was paying him his twenty seven to twenty eight million dollars a season or whatever he had signed for, so. It was really no reason for him to come back except to prove something to himself or whatever. But um, he, you know, he could have took a network job or whatever he wanted to do. But he came out there, man, and stuck with it and put that work in, and now he back out on the field. That's amazing. Yeah, and and, and especially he returned the game that you know the quarterback ahead of him went out like that. It's like, man, you know, and you able to keep your focus like that. So yeah, you ain't kidding because I. I would have been like, man, I can put Haskins back out there. I'm good. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> man, leg put on backwards right there in front of me. You think I'm going to go back out there? Anybody that fall around my, my knees, man, I'm jumping up left and right. And if Haskins get hurt, I'm still good. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> put in the running back and quarterback. Hey, I'm like, hey, beer man, get over here. <laughs> it's gonna be a st- it's gonna be a stump Mitchell situation. Believe that. Yeah. But all right. Uh so Tua versus uh Kyler Murray, man. What y'all think about that? I thought for sure that Miami, you know, despite having a good defense, couldn't do anything with Arizona, but man, they put up some points. Oh man, yeah, Miami. Oh, Miami started to look dangerous. Game. Uh t- yeah, Tua is is as advertised. I mean, I you know we we talked about it on the show that I didn't think it was a good idea for this guy to come in, especially with Fitzpatrick the way he was playing. And he got you know got the team to five hundred, but they pulled the trigger, got him out there on the football field, and the team is responding to him. I mean, Tua he brings a different kind of excitement, a consistent excitement to the football team. Um, the offense is responding to them. The defense is responding because now they're playing better. Um, it's amazing what one player can do for a team. And um, Miami is a team that could really surprise some of these teams in the AFC because not, not getting, you know, two is starting to get, get, you know, get hot over there. And the team as a whole is playing better. And they, you know, they bind into what the coaches, um, into what Flores you know, telling them to do. So, you know, he really is playing well. You know, I hope he can stay healthy. And um, we'll see where this team goes. But now Miami is kind of on the map. And better better not sleep on them. Yeah. And, um, of course, we the last night the Patriots got over on the Jets, but barely – uh cam newton had a pretty solid game he had a pretty solid game and uh i mean i still don't know these guys he's throwing to but one of them uh jacoby myers went off last night 
But what y'all think about the Patriots, man? Because like on the talking heads today on these big sports channels are acting like the Patriots are back. But uh, man, they're still three and five, and I didn't think they were all that great last night. They just happened to win. Yeah, I, I was more yeah. impressed with the Jets. The Jets actually not Rex Burke. Hey, he did his thing. That white boy was toting that shit. But uh, uh, <laughs> but, but the, <laughs> nah, man, I mean, they were hitting him hard. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they couldn't do nothing yeah, with him. But was. uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, running behind his pads. I mean, his textbook. But uh, but Joe Flacco, man. Other than some of the errors toward the end, man, it, it looked like uh. It's like it's gonna be a quarterback controversy, man. I'm like, dang, I forgot how Joe Flacco. You know, I, it's been a long time since I seen him play, but I was just like, man, he dropped a dime on Perriman. I was like, wow. I said, boy, it's gonna be a long night, and it was. You know, it's just that uh, the Patriots did a good job of uh, of running more, and they did a good job of uh, holding Cam back, just not letting him just force stuff and making mistakes. You know, kind of they they really look like the Patriots did when they uh uh went to that first Super Bowl when they looked like a average team or whatever. And, you know, they got lucky with that phony tuck rule thing, but that's another another story. But um, you know how they was they had a solid defense, but nothing they was doing really impressive. You know, and they looked like they went and took a page out of that and just kind of uh just went back to just basic football. You know, just to, you know, let the game just stay within reach, keep it manageable, not not put everything on Cam's shoulders because uh, uh, they definitely hurting his skill players. Uh, and if Edmund would have been there last night, I think it would have been a different story because the way uh, Burkhead was running and if Edmund would have been there and, and whoever number 16 is, I think you called his name earlier. Uh, he looked like he going to Jacoby Myers. Yeah, yeah, he he he. I I never really seen him play before, man. But he he looks seemed like he gonna be okay. But them damn Jets yeah. defense, man, they was cranking it up though. For a minute, anyway. <laughs> they tried, man. That's all they can do. That might be that might have been they the best opportunity hunting. for them to win a game. Well, you know who that defensive coordinator is, so you know what was going on. I tell you what, I tell you somebody for the Jets that I, I was impressed with, even though he made a crucial error by hitting Cam up high. Number 32. I don't know what his name is. Oh, man. Did, did, he, did he bust him down? He bust boy, him down. That boy, he didn't just bust, he didn't just bust Cam down. He that boy was that boy was straight playing his ass off last night. He made a play mm-hmm. down there on the goal line and stopped stop I think it may have been Burkhead or it may have been number 16 that he stopped. And boy, he he tattooed that boy. I'm going like who is this kid? And that boy there, yeah. if he keep playing like that, he gonna get he gonna be a household name for too long. That boy played his ass off last night, the losing effort. Because if you play football, man, you hit a guy as big as Cam is and take him down like that, anybody else he would have broke him in half. Cause man, he hit him up high and took him down. Yeah, that guy's a hitter. I mean. He remind me of that guy, I forget what his name is on the Steelers, that, that hit uh, Derrick Henry like that. I say, man, Devin Bush the man, but that guy, y'all got to find a place for him. Oh, uh, what was that, number 91? Oh, yeah. That was Spillane, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Spillane. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah that boy there, that, he he hitting folks. He he can start for for a lot of teams and probably be a Pro Bowler for for yeah, somebody. Robert Spillane. Robert yeah, he's, Spillane is his name. He's been man. playing some he ball. Is, that boy balling out. Man, he getting even all Ryan the out them shoulder pants. Yeah, Ryan Shazier even said something to him on Twitter. He said, "I see you, Robert." I mean, he huh? is really, he really playing yeah. some some lights out football for us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and and and. And uh, speaking of lights out, man, uh, you know, this little who need who battle was was leaning heavily toward Tom. But after after that damn uh, Sunday night game, I think, you know, it's, it's back kind of in the middle now in, in, the, in the water cooler conversation piece. Oh, you saying who need who the Tampa Bay and New England? Yeah, you know, when the season started, they was like, you know, pretty much like, you know, uh, who going to miss who the most? Yeah. Belichick missing Brady or uh, uh, Brady missing the system in uh, New England. But shit, after the after that Sunday night game, man, it looked like it like Tom the lost band. I'm like, I, I don't know how to explain that stuff. I know we're not talking about that game, but I'm just like five rushes in the whole damn game. Yeah. And one of them was I a mean, deep. I'm like, who who the damn offensive yeah. coordinator? Byron, uh, Byron Leffert. Yeah. I'm like, man, what are you doing? Yeah. If but if you know I what? didn't know no better, I think somebody had Brady's family kidnapped and told him he better not win that game. <laughs> I know what it is, right? <laughs> Have you ever seen him look like that? Hey, look, no, I, I knew he was – the memes were hilarious today seeing that. Um, one meme I saw uh, – uh, Tom, not Tom Brady, but uh, Breeze holding holding his kid, but it had Tom Brady's head on it. That shit had me dying. Because he, he, they, the Saints jumped on them too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they jumped on yeah. them with, with with three feet. Yeah, and then yes, they messed yeah. up the little commercial. They they messed up the little Sunday night thing where they had like uh, the little cornhole thing with them going back and forth with touchdown shit. Man, Drew Brees went mm-hmm. off and left them. <laughs> he oh, went yeah. up with four. <laughs> Both of them had what five sixty one, five sixty five, sixty one, and I think Bruce Drew Brees yeah. added four balls. I like, man, this is crazy. And Brees hadn't played that good all year. I don't know whether you know the presence of Michael Thomas or what, but man, he just ran off and left him. Like man, Tom Brady looked every bit of that forty three. You know, and yeah, I, I agree. This I was uh, Breeze' best game because I seen some games early in the year. Uh, you know, in this market, they always gonna show the Saints game. Uh, I think they was playing Carolina or somebody earlier in the year. Man, he was the ball was all hit and short. And I like, damn, he looked yeah. like he was an old man. Yeah, I was like, this definitely last gonna be night. his last year. Yeah, but I tell you what, uh, Tom Brady. Looked about like Cam Newton does. He just didn't have a damn towel over his head. It was good to see Tom Brady look like that. <laughs> yeah, he should have put a towel over his head after that, man. Damn. And then the thing yeah. about him, what's your excuse? You you got yeah. uh, downtown Leroy Brown. You got Mike Evans. Uh, some other dude, number 10, he pretty good. I don't even know his name. He got, uh, got Kyler Johnson. He got uh, that's Antonio Kyler Brown Johnson. now. He got uh, uh, Brady. Godwin. He got uh, Gronkowski. He got Godwin. 
See, he's not as good as he looked like he is because he got all these guys around him. Now, of course, you're making the throws and all that, but the reason why you he's shining, see, the Patriots had eight guys that decided not to even come play this year. And then 12 guys. 12 guys. And then they and then they and, and then, you know, with all the other stuff going on, so you expect them to lose some games or whatever. But what's Tampa Bay's excuse? Because their defense is playing playing really good, you know. So, I don't know. They didn't play good on Sunday. Yeah, they didn't play good on Sunday. Well, Brady, Brady didn't help them put, put them in bad situations with those turnovers. When you punch, yeah, when your defense on the field the whole game, when you're on the defense, your defense on the field the whole game, you ain't winning the football game. So I mean, right. but you know, this is the thing about Tampa Bay. I'll end it with this. The thing, sometimes you can have too much talent, and when you have too much mm-hmm. talent and you don't jail, you got too many egos. You know, yep. you got to think about this. What does Mike Evans think about now? You got Brown in there. Mike Evans is a good, you know, he's mm-hmm. decent. But he and you got Gronk on the team. You don't really so need Brown. He's a stud. No, they didn't so, need Brown. Brown. I no, tell y'all so, what, this so, is off the topic. But if had Brown taken his ass up to Green Bay with 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 uh Devontae uh, Adams, Devontae Adams it'd have been over. It'd have been over. It'd have been over. 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 See, it's too much yeah, you're right there. there. They can run right that. They can I, run I, that. I tell you what. Yeah. They can. If he'd have he gone to Seattle. Seattle, if he'd have got that with Mecca, it'd been, it'd been lights out. Either way, so either way, it'd have been over. That, it would have been a better matchup. It'd been better if he would have gone to Green Bay or Seattle. But now yeah, with you all these, you got all do. these guys out there. You got all these guys out there, and you know how Brown gonna get. He got to at least get five receptions a game, and all this bullshit. Once he gets familiar <laughs> with the offense, and when that shit starts. What are you gonna hey, do with did that? You see Brady what are you gonna do with Gronk? Did you, yep. Did, so, did y'all see that play where Brady overthrew him? It was gonna like it. It was gonna be he had to, uh, Brown had to end up playing defender. I said, damn. Yeah. So hey, if, if AB her. if AB could have came to Dallas, we could have ran four right wide with Ben DiNucci, baby. <laughs> yeah, Danucci would have ran. Danucci would have ran y'all out of Texas, buddy. Yeah, nah. Danucci, the mess ran through one of them passes and had him stretched out like, like uh, he was in with Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but all right. So let's look at next week, week ten. Yeah, I was saying week eight early, but it's week week nine. So we moving on to week ten. And Thursday night, Ray, we got Indianapolis at Tennessee. Ooh, oh, man. That'd be a good game. But, man, more Derrick Henry putting that helmet on guys like hmm. that. I'm going to have to go with Tennessee. Okay. Winner gets first place in that game. And Eminem, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Ooh, I, I don't see Tampa Bay looking like this two weeks in a row. But McCaffrey's back, and that was going to be my next choice for player of the week. And and Bridgewater's making no mistakes. Great, man. Right, he's playing great ball. And they was going neck for neck with with uh, Kansas City. It's almost like if they'd had a B, it'd have made a difference. Uh, adding that uh, adding, adding that extra diamond uh, to the roster. But 
I don't know. I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna just assume Tampa Bay not gonna look like that two weeks in a row. So I'm gonna say Tampa Bay, man. All right, Buck Houston at Cleveland. Well, I know Cleveland been kind of sliding lately, and they playing at home. And I'm just not sure what Houston gonna do. I mean, it's is he gonna start throwing the fuller more consistently, or is he just gonna start spreading the ball around? And you know, we got to see what they're gonna do. Right now, the edge I'm happy since Cleveland at home. This is gonna be a close game. I'm just gonna pick Cleveland since they're at home. But if the Tennessee, if Houston was at home, I'd go with Houston. But going with Cleveland. All right, Ray Washington at Detroit. Uh, I'm gonna have to take Detroit. Washington, I don't know what's going on, although I admire what Alex Smith is doing, and he's getting stronger each time he appears. But I'm still going to have to uh, take Detroit because they're losing pretty close games. All right. And Eminem, Philly at the Giants. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Now, this could be a trap game, but it's not. Uh, like I say, Daniel Jones, you know, they got lucky last week, but they, they not gonna, they not gonna, the Giants not gonna win two games back to back on nobody. So, yo, I, uh, we're gonna get that one. Probably not. I think any game, anybody in, in the <laughs> NFC East plays is a trap game. I know, right? I think Giants gonna beat y'all, bro. No, they're too inconsistent, man. Okay. Yeah, they're so. too inconsistent. All right, so uh, Buck Jacksonville at Green Bay. Nah, Green Bay. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> I know they got to play the game now. I know. I, Man, all right, Ray, the Chargers at Miami. Oh man. That's gonna be a good game because quietly, man, Justin Herbert might take that rookie of the year. Yeah. I think he's second in passing right now. Um, but the way that uh, Miami is playing as a team, and they so excited to be around this young boy at quarterback, man, I, I gotta take Miami. Okay, Eminem. And, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say real quick. Um, the Chargers lost six games by a total of twenty-four points, so they in every game they play. Yeah, I still not gonna look good for Anthony Lynn though. No, still ain't gonna look good for him. And while I got you, Ray, go ahead and give me Denver and, and Las Vegas. Shot and have a curse. I mean, I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Vegas, man. I think that um, what we gonna be playing in Vegas, I believe, and you yeah, know, right now, uh, I think we playing solid football. We just got to get our injured players back, but. I think we should be able to handle them pretty, pretty convincingly. All right. Eminem, Buffalo at Arizona. Wow. Man. This might be the, this might be the game of the week. This game boy's of the like week. excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Allen doing his thing. Kyler Murray doing his thing. I think it's going to come down to coaching, man. Uh, I think it's going to come down to coaching. And if I have to go by coaching, I'm going to have to favor Buffalo. So I'm going to take Buffalo on that one. Okay. Buck, Seattle at the Rams. Seattle will not, win, will not 
Seattle will not lose two weeks in a row. Um, Seattle gonna blow these boys off the planet. They already lost two weeks in a row, didn't they? Uh, maybe they did. Maybe they did. All right, but you got Seattle. Seems like they did lose two weeks in a row. They ain't gonna lose three weeks in a row if they lost two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? How about that? Uh, nah, they lost two out of three. They lost two out of three. They lost to Arizona. They beat San Francisco. Then they lost last week. All right, Ray, San Francisco at the Saints. Oh man, the Saints is going going to uh, take this one. San Francisco, too many injuries, too much uncertainty at quarterback. All righty, Eminem. Baltimore at New England. Okay. Um, if if New England can't generate any kind of uh, air attack or whatever, and if Baltimore gets any kind of lead, there's no way they're going to win. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to edge this one out to Baltimore. Of course, Baltimore is not looking – they're not looking nothing like they was last year, but uh, – the Patriots are, they just, there's no way they're going to be able to play from behind. And there's no way they're going to generate enough offense to make Baltimore have to play from behind. So I'm, I'm going to edge this one to Baltimore. All right. Buck Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. It doesn't matter. I mean, I know if you started records out the window, um, it doesn't matter who we have a quarterback. I think Big Ben will be playing. And we know how Big Ben plays against teams from Ohio, Pittsburgh. All right. And let's see. Ray, Monday night game, Minnesota at Chicago. Mm. The Vikings kind of catching a little fire now. I mean, that Dalvin Cook, man, shit. What yes, more can I say? He that took boy, that sir. to like somebody we ain't seen prices since Adrian Peterson's 2000 season. Mm-hmm. Man, yes, that boy. Yeah. They, I know yeah, one thing. They man. gonna have to pay pay that boy. They gonna have to pay that boy. They ain't wanna give him no more than twelve million dollars or something. Oh yeah, y'all gonna have to pay him. So I'm gonna take all uh, the Minnesota Vikings as long as they rubbing that rock across his stomach. <laughs> rubbing that rock across his stomach. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. That is a real good oh, one. I like that one. You might want to put that yeah, on. Yeah. You might want to put that on the damn coming into the game. It is show, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's original. That's original. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and um, do a couple. Of who am I's? I got five of them lined up for you. And y'all ready? We ready. It's the new system. Right. <laughs> yeah, but the one good thing about the new system is that whenever you all speak, you can see it light up. So I'll be able to not only just hear who's first, I'll be able to see who's first. That's good. So, all right. I am a six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pound quarterback, twenty eight years old, drafted in the first round by the Minnesota Vikings in 2014 out of Louisville. Who am I? Uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy 
I'm sorry, Theodore Edmund Bridgewater. All right, one for Ray. You sure? I'm positive. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I, I am a six foot five, 250 pound tight end, 30 years old, drafted in the second round out of Stanford by the Philadelphia Eagles in 2013. Zach Hurts. Zach Hurts. Zach Hurts. Zachary Adam Ertz. Ray has two. I am a six foot four, 228 pound quarterback. 24 years old, drafted by the Denver Broncos in the second round out of Drew Missouri. Lock. Drew Lock. Drew Lock. Paul Andrew. <laughs> hey, something wrong with my mind. Damn, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am a six foot tall, 197 pound wide receiver, turned 40 years old, drafted number 13 overall in the first round in 2002. By the New Orleans Saints out of Tennessee, who I'm mean is. Oh, man. oh, Marcus Hinn. Oh, I mean, uh, no, no, uh, Marcus no, Coles, no, Coles, no, Coles. no, no, Dante Stallworth, maybe. Give it to Don, Dante Lamar Stallworth. <laughs> Give it to me. All right, last one. Hopefully, <laughs> Damn, gonna, right? y'all Damn won't you. do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, this blood pressure medicine got me slow. Y'all won't get shut out Alright, last one Six foot tall, 188 pound wide receiver 48 years old Drafted in the second round in 1994 Out of Memphis by the Los Angeles Rams Who am I? Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. Oh, uh, Isaac Bruce. Isaac Isidore Bruce. Boy, he just Damn. swept y'all, man. That's, a, that's no, no, no. Nah. You got one. That's kind of embarrassing, mind, you know. That's kind of embarrassing. That's all right. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go on to some this or that. Uh, I'm win get, get ready to wrap things up. Well, you really can't win this or that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't win this. Thank God. So we'll just say you. We'll just say that you won't lose. We'll just say that you won't lose. All right. Um, I'm gonna start with Buck on this one. Buck, running back, Franco Harris or Tony Dorsett. Ooh, why you want to do that, man? You know, man, it, man, that's hard. That's really hard. Um, oh, not for me. It ain't but I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with Dorsett because he had the better numbers. Um, I know that Franco Eric got four Super Bowls, and I hate to even pick a Dallas Cowboy for any damn thing. But I mean, the numbers don't lie, so I got to go with Dorsett. All right, Eminem. Ooh, man, um, damn, this is this a tough one, but uh, man, I hate to I hate to say something good about the Cowboys, but man, man like uh, the way man, the way Dorsett the way Dorsett ran sweeps, man, that was some legendary stuff, uh, because that was a big part of the uh running back era from the '67s and early '80s. Uh, I'm gonna 
slightly edge it out to Dorset. Ray, who you got? Uh, when I was growing up, man, Dorset was my favorite player. The reason why 33 is my favorite number. So I'm going to go with Tony Dorset. All right, bet. And, uh, yeah, that was my dude, too, when I was growing up. All right, Ray. Terrell Owens or Calvin Johnson? Oh, man. I think Calvin Damn. Johnson has more talent. But what T.O. did, T.O.'s longevity, I got to take Terrell Owens. All right, but Man, Terrell Owens. I could put. I bet you could put Terrell Owens out there on any team right now, and he would still be good. Terrell Owens. Eminem. If it was a combine, it's Calvin Johnson all day. But you got to play football with well, well, heart, and you got to want it. And no other than Jerry Rice, nobody wanted success more than To at receiver. Uh, so man, you yeah, I, I'm, I'm showing To some love. He was eager for a few minutes, too, so got to. <laughs> All right. All right, Eminem. Chris Carter or Tim Brown? Oh, man, that's Ooh, a no-brainer. Chris man, Carter. Yeah, that's – yeah, that's easy. Chris Carter. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm going to take Chris Carter, too. I like Tim Brown. He's a Raider, but Chris Carter had the best hand any wide receiver I've ever seen. Chris Carter. Buck. And toes, toes, too. <laughs> <laughs> but – Hey, Chris Carter was awesome to watch. I mean, he had the great hands. He had the great footwork. Probably the first receiver to ever, you know, do that Tony toe tap or toe drag swag that, you know, just played on NFL Network on Good Morning Football. So, Chris Carter, man. All right. Buck, I'll stick with you. Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Ooh, man. man. Golly. Man. This is tough. Um, both of them got hardware, um, MVPs, and things of that nature. Wow, that's you know what? That's a draw. That's just hard, man. I don't know if I could just pick one or the other on that one. That's that's really really tough. Eminem, what about you? Oh man, this is one of the toughest ones you ever asked. But uh, if I had to start a team. And I'm not saying this is because he's better. If I had to start a team, you know how I feel about running. So, clearly, Russell's the best runner, but that's pretty much the only category that would separate him. So, I say Russell. Ray? Uh, yeah, this is a tough one, man. I think Aaron Rodgers is the, the, the best thrower of the football at quarterback we've seen ever prior next to Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is coming up now, but um, I, I I would have to probably you got the number one, number two passer rating for guys of all time, but I'm going to I'm going to have to take Russell on this one, man, because I mean Aaron Rodgers has probably the best quarterback we've seen until Mahomes come along, but Russ has the ability to run and make good plays and stuff like that. So I think I would go with Russ. Okay. And Russ, and I forgot to say this too, guys. And I think y'all going to all agree. Russ, for a quarterback, 
in this age or any age, but this dude is he durable or what, man? This motherfucker like a Duracell battery. He you hit him, he gonna get right back. <laughs> yeah, up. yeah. He gets up. Okay. All right, Ray. Wide receivers. Rod Smith from the Denver Broncos or Herman yeah. Moore from the Detroit Lions. Oh, I take I take Rod Smith, man. Rod Smith was borderline Hall of Famer in my book, man. They had a nice thing. Him and Ed McCaffrey together. Man, that I was that was that's a slept on duo of all time, man. They 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 really had a a, a good thing going. Rod Smith don't get enough credit. So I take Rod Smith. Okay. And they had what Shannon Sharp at tight end, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, Shannon That's Sharp crazy. at tight end. <clears throat> and of course, you know who they had in the backfield. Yep, TD. TD. All right, Buck, Rod Smith, or Herman Moore? I got to go Herman Moore on this man because Herman Moore, he played, he played some really good ball with some really, you know, bad teams in, up there in Detroit, and uh, you know, he he was a highlight reel in his own right. So I got to go Herman Moore on this. Okay. Eminem? Yeah, I'm I'm an edge out Herman Moore too. Uh I, I think uh, he just kinda came in the wrong era. Um uh, at his peak, you had Rice doing his thing, of course. You had Tim Brown doing his thing. You actually had Sterling, Sterling Sharp Sterling, Sterling Sharp doing his thing. So Herman Moore was just kinda like he was there but he wasn't there and a lot of a lot of his his uh his greatness got overshadowed. Then, of course, he was overshadowed by his own teammate, Barry Sanders, the human highlight. So, I mean, uh, so a lot of times when, when, when you're in that kind of situation, people really won't know how good you are. It's almost like it's almost like being a, a, a young Ray Allen or somebody like that when you start playing, you know. You come in with Jordan M there, and then – you know, Kobe was there for most of your career, so a lot of people don't know how good you are. Yeah, they came you know? out the same year, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of but, like uh, one of the things with Herman Moore. <clears throat> and then, yeah, let me say this, too. With Herman Moore, he didn't have Elway either. So, yeah, I can kind of see what y'all are saying. You know, yeah. so. Yep. Yes, Scott well, Mitchell Scott for a Mitchell. second. <laughs> and, and Wayne Fox was the coach, I believe. Yeah, yeah with Bobby Martin, Ross man. there. Bobby Ross, my name. Bobby Ross. Yeah, yeah Bobby Ross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, you know what? We're gonna do a few more. We're gonna do a few more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw three, three more at you all, and they're gonna be running backs. Ooh. All right. Yes. All right. All right. I, I'm gonna start with Eminem on this one. Eric Metcalf or Brian Mitchell, two return guys. Oh, Brian Mitchell, man. Because he could play quarterback. <laughs> yeah, <had> two boys. <laughs> what about you, Ray? Eric Metcalf Brian, or Brian Mitchell? Brian Mitchell. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Brian Mitchell. He should be. He should yeah, be. Yeah, he should. But Brian Mitchell. All right. All right, Buck. Natron means or Bam Morris in their prime. Natron means <laughs> or Bam that's, Morris. That's, that's perfect. Natron means. <laughs> Natron means, man. Uh, Bam didn't do it long enough. Uh, Natron means. Right? Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Natron, too. I mean, he did it longer. Eminem? 
Uh, both in their prime. I'm, I'm gonna just try to act like I don't remember how long they lasted. I'm gonna say Bam Morris, man. That, they did not want to hit that dude. Okay. They didn't want to hit me either. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> true. that's true. All right. I got a couple more big backs for you, Eminem. All right. Barry, Barry Word or Marion Butts. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Look at big right there, boy. Oh, man. I remember Barry Word when he came from Seattle and went to uh, Kansas City. He actually mm-hmm. got some carries from Christian Okoye. So I'm going I'm yeah. to say Barry Word. Eminent, I mean, uh, Buck? Barry Word. Right? Yeah, Barry Word, man. They, they, they had them big backs over there in Kansas City and nobody yeah, wanted to yeah. hit them. 42 and yeah, 35, man. baby. All right. I wouldn't hit him with LeVon Kirkland. <laughs> Let's keep this running back energy going. Let's keep this running back energy going. All right, all right, Ray. Eric Rhett or Rodney Hampton? Oh man, yeah, Rhett had some good years down in at uh Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. but um, Rodney Hampton, man, I I think he had a more solid career. So I'm gonna say Rodney Hampton, but. Hampton. Eminem? Oh, man. Eric Red, man. Uh, he was compact, and man, that dude could, could run tackle to tackle like it wasn't nothing. Uh, but, you know, that ain't taking nothing away from Rodney Hampton, but I'm saying Eric Red. Yeah. Much better running style. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you one more set of running backs, and then we'll get ready to Start to wrap things up. I'm trying to figure out which ones I want to give you all because I got some good ones. Uh, all right, all right. Here we go. Um, Eminem, Gerald Riggs, or yeah. Joe Morris? Man, I actually uh, love Joe Riggs. Gerald Riggs when he was with the uh, Falcons. And Joe Morris was a killer with the Giants, but they was kind of loaded. But Joe ran tough. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go Riggs on this one. But I'm gonna have to go. You said Riggs and who? Joe, and Joe, Morris. Joe Morris from the I'm going Giants. Hey, Joe Morris had some really big runs with the Giants, and uh, I mean, it's, I mean, some of those. Really good highlights where he was just tractorizing folks. So I'm gonna have to go with him. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna take Joe Morris too. I mean, he he held a lot of records at one point for the Giants until uh T Barber came and broke some of them. So I'm gonna say uh Joe Morris. All right. Now it, now it took everything for me to give Darcy his props, but uh I couldn't you can't I do it with Joe Moore. <laughs> I couldn't load up with everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I'm going to do one more. I can't help myself, y'all. I just love doing this. Hey, so I'm going to yeah, do one more. Coming. All right. Here we go. Quarterbacks. Backup quarterbacks who won Super Bowls. Oh, but yeah, it's easy. Washington <laughs> Redskins, Mark Rippin, or the New York Giants, Jeff Hostetler? Oh man, you know oh, what? 
that's that's really tough. But I'm gonna have to go with the Hosteller man because this guy Hosteller just he was he was a little bit of a under he was a little bit of a gunslinger, and he brought some excitement when he came into football games. So I'm gonna have to go with the Hoss Jeff Hosteller. Eminem. Well, this is pretty tough, but I'm gonna have to go with Ripping, man, because he was a a big dude, and uh, and if I'm mistaken, I think he was part Native American or something. So, I mean, I know the name is kind of fucked up when you think about it, but uh, I'm I'm go Ripping. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Wow! All right, Ray, who you got? Oh man, I'm about to go with Jeff Hostetler. I mean, Hostetler was kind of like Nick Foles before Nick Foles. You know, he's backing up off Phil Sims, and then he would come in and, you know, do his thing. And I think he just had that moxie about himself. And, and I mean, he got the job done. You know, he won't be, wasn't a Hall of Famer, but he was a damn solid quarterback. So I take Hostetler. Okay. All right, Ray. Jeff Garcia or Dante Culpepper? Oh, Jeff Garcia, man. Dante Culpepper, he had like one really great season. I think he had 37 touchdowns that year. And, you know, he had he probably had 60 if he kept throwing the Randy Balls the way he was supposed to. That's where they can't jump with me. Golly comes from because he went throwing the ball. So, I mean, Jeff Garcia, man, he was good. But the 49ers was good with Philadelphia. I mean, he just did his thing, yeah. you know, although he's an undersized guy. So, Jeff Hosteller. Jeff Garcia. I mean, All Jeff right. Garcia. I'm sorry. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Jeff Garcia or Dante Culpepper? Dante Culpepper hand was too small. And when he went down to Miami, he just flopped. Jeff Garcia. Eminem? Yeah, yeah, man. This this is this was easy one. Jeff Garcia, uh Cole Peppers, kinda like that one hit wonder. How far you can chuck it, Miles go get it. I mean, who didn't like that, but you know, but that that was all he was. Then to be that big and not leading the league in rushing, that's crazy. So, you know, he was jacked up on both sides. All right. All right, Eminem, I'm gonna stick with you. NFC East. Joe Theismann or Phil Sims? Golly. Okay. Phil <laughs> Sims because Theismann, Phil was more durable than Theismann. So. Right? Well, I'm going to take uh, Phil Sims as well. I mean, Joe Theismann, I don't know if he wasn't durable. He just got that leg broke bad, but – uh. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with, with Phil Sims. Phil Sims had a, a really decent career. So did Tyson, but, you know, I take Phil Sims. But Phil Sims. I don't think you ever – I don't think I've ever a quarterback to get popped as hard as Phil Sims does what he did in his career and get right back up. And the thing about Phil Sims getting hit – it's like he knew where the ball was going as he was getting hit and the ball would make it there. Um, he made some dazzling throws getting hit, and I don't think he's the only quarterback I can think of. I mean, I, uh, Faust kind of falls in that category too, but Phil Sims was getting his ass rocked 
but that ball, that rock was getting down to getting down to his receivers down there. So I got to go field soon. All right. All right. Well, I'll wrap that up for this week. I got to try to come up with some more in the future. But um, I got some pretty interesting ones up ahead in store. I still got another uh, – got about another 15 of them, but I got to add some more because y'all going through them. Hey. So, hey. Keep, keep them coming. All right. This weekend, uh, Terrence Crawford is fighting Kel, Kel Brook um, on ESPN. If I'm not mistaken, it's going to be on broad, regular cable TV. And uh, so it would be good to see Terrence Crawford back in the ring. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Kale Brook, man. I like the guy. Um, I mean, he 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 will fight anybody, you know. Do you see what he looks like? Fought, man, he is ripped right now. Yes, he and, is. Yeah, he fought Errol Spence and lost. He fought Gennady Golovkin. And so he doesn't care who he fights. And – um I mean, so and he's normally a heavier fighter, isn't he? Coming down for this fight? No, he was at one forty-seven, but when he fought what? Golumkin, he moved up two weight okay. classes. Okay, okay, that's what I was Golumkin. thinking. Okay, that's what I was thinking but, that he was bigger at one time. The funny thing was when he got ready for the fight, he was one hundred and eighty something pounds, <sighs> and then he and he was actually heavier than Golumkin, but he was a smaller guy because he fights one forty-seven. Yeah, so it's funny how his weight can fluctuate like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And speaking of weights, you all hear about the new new weight class? No, they got a new weight class called the Bridger the Bridger weight B R I D G E R. It's named after um I think this like six year old kid who saved his his um sister from a pit bull attack or something. Um, <laughs> but it's the WBC if I'm not mistaken, and the Bridger weight will be between 200 and 224. So they're cutting into that heavyweight. Because, you know, man, it really ain't fair to have somebody, even though Chris Bird did beat a Klitschko, it really, to have a guy like 215 pounds fighting somebody at 270, that's a lot, man. So they had to cut that out. So I, I like the idea of having a class between 200 and 224. I think they need a super heavyweight class. You know, like they might yeah. need heavyweight yeah. to be – 225 to 250, and then everything over 250, like a super heavyweight. But I thought heavyweight started at like 207 or something like that. I think it did because Holyfield was around 208, 210 when he fought, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the fight around 218, 219. Yeah, and you know, the cruiserweight was what now? Not 190 to 200 for cruiserweight, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, so the WBC added a new weight class, and this is one weight class that I kind of welcome. Um, I think they got too many weight classes, but, I mean, it's like I understand, but I don't understand because a lot of folks, you, when you think, okay, seven pounds can't make a difference to the average person, that's true, but you let somebody that walks around seven pounds heavier hit you, man, it's a little different. <laughs> mm, somebody that's used special. to fighting bigger people. That's a little different when they hit you. So I kind of understand, you know. Yeah, especially in boxing, the lower weight classes. you like, what the hell is this? 107 and Nick guy is 111 and it's a whole other weight class. And you like, well, them full pounds mean a lot. Just ask Chocolito. Man, he was on top <laughs> of the game. He laying down there like anybody else, like a fly on his back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm like, man, get up, Chocolito. 
Man, he <laughs> shoulders on the mat, lifting his head up. I'm like, man, he's crazy. This thing over. And did you all see yeah, the fight this weekend fight. with Luis Ortiz? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that, yeah. man, Saturday night. Yeah, it was a little disappointing how it went down. Yeah. And uh, I Dude, think they got like he flopped the meat. I think he had a stinger, man. I think his head hit his bicep and it jammed his neck. Then because he said he couldn't move his legs, mm-hmm. yeah, so he might have had a stinger, but it, it definitely wasn't no clean knockdown or whatever. I hated to see it kind of happen like that. Yeah, yeah. So King Kong gonna have to get back in the ring probably next month or something because he didn't get no work with that one. No, nah, no, nah, he 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 did yeah. more work coming in the ring than he did fighting. So um yeah, he needs to try to find somebody else who wants to fight him. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people really want to fight him, man. I really don't. And um I don't know who he I don't know who he can go after next, but he needs to find somebody. And isn't Anthony Joshua gonna be fighting soon? I thought I, I saw his know. name come up with somebody. I can't remember who. But um oh yeah, he's fighting some dude, Kubrat Pulev. Um you know, he ain't fought in a year. He's fighting this guy from Bulgaria, 28 and 1, 14 knockouts, Kubrat Pulev. That's close enough. Yeah. So, but he hadn't fought in a year, man. So I don't know. Oh, what are you doing? And this guy, I don't know much about him other than Klitschko knocked him out six years ago. Um, so I don't really know much about him. So anyway, all right, fellas, we'll go ahead and shut this down. I appreciate wait, you hanging. Huh? Hold up, hold up. Hold up. We got, to, got a little bit of NASCAR news. And the NASCAR season finally over. And a surprise, Chase Elliott. Pulls off the victory and wins the championship. You know, Chevrolet hasn't done much in the last few years. Um, but Chase Elliott has been kind of the pride of Chevrolet, and uh, he got it done in Phoenix. They normally end the race in Miami, but this year, since, you know, they made some changes, and Phoenix was the last race of the season, and Chase Elliott pulled it out, man. It's, it, was a, it was a great victory. Um, Bill Elliott, his father, was there, former champion. So it was really good to see in Jimmy Johnson's last race in the 48. Uh, Chevrolet made a nice tribute to Jimmy Johnson and to see Hendrick yet again still have a champion after Jimmy Johnson going out was really good. So the passion of the torch, um, you got the most popular driver now, Chase Elliott, and he's a champion. So that's pretty good. So we'll see what happens next year. But uh, Chase Elliott pulls it out. You know, that was pretty cool. All right, bet. All right. And so we'll go ahead and wrap things up. You can catch the show at anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards. And like I said, we're trying a new format this week. So I apologize for any difficulties we may have had, but we're going to get it all together and get things figured out. So you all enjoy the rest of your week. Fellas, I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. You've been listening to the very unsportsmanlike podcast, where we just talk sports from the couch. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to prove tonight, and we start the whole circle thing off. Happy.
tonight. Go play intramurals, brother. But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? 